We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. Welcome back. This is the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier, joined as always my co-host Nick Filato. And on tonight's show, we plan to break down the New York Giants 2021 schedule as it was released today. Not only are we going to break down each game, we're going to go into some narrative start street that we created where we're going to be talking overall impressions, most important game, most underrated game, positives, negatives to the schedule. But what we will also be doing is predicting every single game on the schedule. So Nick, how are you doing tonight? And can you first start, please, 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 by just going ahead and listing at least two or three of the obvious reasons why predicting a schedule now is just for fun. We do not want to be held to this. We do not want people cutting these <laughs> clips and bringing them back at the end of 2021. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, this is ridiculous because a team that looks good in week one might absolutely suck in week four when their quarterback goes down. I mean, look at the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. The Giants opened up Monday Night Football against them. They went off and rattled off 12 straight wins, and then by the end of the season, they were terrible, and they couldn't beat teams like the Bengals or the Browns. The Browns were good last year, but they were just absolutely getting owned by teams they usually dominate. So this, the whole schedule thing is just it's, – it's not something that you need to take seriously when you're giving the predictions of the wins and losses, but I do believe it's a fun exercise to kind of prognosticate what the Giants can do this season with all of the free agent uh, acquisitions, all the draft picks that they ended up doing. So that's what we're going to do on this show. And if you want to cut the clips next season, you can be my guest, but we prefaced it. So let's get into it, Dan. Cole takes exposed that we might be (laughs) in on that during the 2022 season. We shall see. But also, I think it also adds something else. I think When you're doing something like this, which obviously me and Nick are both doing for fun, it gives us at least the opportunity to start to preview and with you guys and talk with you guys about what these matchups are going to look like. When they face the Broncos, how does Vic Fangio run his defense? How's that going to affect Daniel Jones and the Giants? And also kind of the history of these matchups, because I think that's actually going to play a role. I just truly believe that. And I'm talking recent history mostly of these matchups and how that might impact the game, different times of the season, travel, things of that nature. So I do think there is value in going over the schedule and trying to predict wins is the fun part. So where do you want to start with this one, Nick? Why not week one? Yeah, let's start week one. I mean, Denver Broncos, usually it's, uh, what was it, death taxes and the Giants open in Dallas. It no longer exists anymore. Last season, it didn't happen with the game against the Steelers that I just referenced. So the Denver Broncos in week one, I mean, I like the fact that this Patrick Graham defense that is going to 
more than likely be running a bunch of different coverages, a bunch of different schemes that we're not used to seeing from the 2020 season because of the fact they had a liability at the cornerback two spot. I think we're going to see more man coverage. And the fact that the Denver Broncos probably aren't going to have as much film on that, at least with what Patrick Graham is running with the Giants personnel, they're not going to have much film at all because the Giants did not run a lot of man coverage last year. So that's going to probably confuse a quarterback like Drew Locke. And if it is Teddy Bridgewater who is their quarterback, that's not somebody who instills fear into me at, at least, nor should it really many Giants fans, especially with this defense that the Giants kind of have assembled. A really, really good secondary, a sound front. I would say a really underrated linebacker in Blake Martinez. The edge rushers are coming along a little bit, added a couple nice pieces there this offseason. So you look at this Denver Broncos game, man, and uh, I, I think it's at home. I think the Giants, this, this should be a game that they win all, unless... Aaron Rodgers is on the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah, I think we all hope that that is not the case. It would, on one hand, it's bittersweet because on one hand, you're getting Aaron Rodgers out of the NFC, which overall is probably better for you long term if you actually have Super Bowl aspirations. But on the other hand, you have to play in week one when normally you would get Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. But as for this matchup, Nick, I so you decided you're, the Giants win this one, right? Close game win? Yeah, yeah. I would say the Giants so would end up winning this you. game. Okay. Yeah. Want to know for you, Nick, and the way I'm going with this one is this. I feel like Vic Fangio to me, and I just weirdly and randomly stumbled onto a few follows on Twitter that are like deep into Broncos analysis and they put up Broncos film all the time. So I just randomly see some clips of Broncos film and the way Vic Fangio runs a defense, he still might, he might be the best defensive mind that nobody talks about in the NFL. Like last year on the downs that actually matter, third downs and in the red zone his defense was among the best in the league and that defense had no talent essentially in the secondary they were without von miller they had injuries across the board now they return von miller they add patrick sertan and they add kyle fuller who knows that system and was the best fit in that system so with those three coming onto that defense and fangio with another year with them i think it's going to be a tough game for the giants offense but i also think what you said is right it's going to be really hard for drew lock or teddy bridgewater to move the ball against this patrick graham defense fully healthy in week one with all the new pieces out there and like you said he's going to confuse the hell out of drew lock i think teddy has a better chance so i'm hoping it's drew lock but I'm with you. I think the Giants grind out a win here because one other thing on this game, remember last year the Giants opened up versus the Steelers. If it wasn't for that red zone turnover, which again was just on a really kind of completely unnecessary play call by Jason Garrett. Like why are you trying to, on, what was it, first and goal? Or was it? I'm not 100% yeah, if it yeah, was yeah. first and goal, but why would you make Bud Dupree, one of the best backside <laughs> pursuit defenders, be the unblocked defender with <laughs> Daniel Jones rolling in that direction? Rolling to his opposite, opposite shoulder. Oh, like, has to flip his hips around then to make the throw. It's horrendous. horrendous. It's as bad of a play call as I think anyone called all season. I'm willing to say that was as bad of a play call, <laughs> a single play call. I'm not, I know it sounds like uh, gang up on Garrett, but not really. I mean, find, somebody find me a worse play call. I'm sure there are worse. So if you find me a worse play call, definitely let me know. But. But enough of that tangent. As far as the point I'm trying to make here, the Giants were in that game and they played hard as hell in that game. And so I think they're going to come out the same way at home, hard as hell for the fans who I think will be in full attendance. I think this literally will be a fully attended game. They already said it's going to happen. And I have no doubt that Giants fans, with the excitement that's happened this offseason, will be there at that stadium. I wish I could be there that day, and I know you do too. My brother will be there. But again, I really do have a good feeling about this one. It's going to be close, but I like the Giants. Yeah, and you brought up a Vic Fangio, and I think that's an excellent point about Fangio. And can't run up Bradley Chubb, man. He's another one. And I think that mm-hmm. matchup between Von Miller and Bradley Chubb against Matt Parrott and Andrew Thomas is something to really look at. Because you have those two young tackles and those two stud pass rushers. And I know we have Von coming off of a of, off the injury and everything mm-hmm. like that. But that's still a matchup to monitor. It's a really, really good test for those young tackles. And another thing, man, Great I just point. look at this Broncos team and I'm like, on offense... Javante Williams, is he going to put one of these Giants defenders in a body bag in week one? I don't want to have to tackle Javante Williams. That's a good point. I forgot they got Javante Williams. But, yeah, I mean, again, I think that the Giants defense will be up for the task in this one. I think Jones will make enough plays for them to win, and I think they'll win a, a tight one here. Yeah, so do I. But, Dan, do you have any overall impressions of the of the schedule as a whole when you look at it just from that 30,000-foot view? Yeah, let's get into that. But first, I want to take a quick break to... Oh, I bet you thought I was going to say hear a word from our sponsors. No, that's not what we're taking a break for. We're taking a break to hear a word from us. Please, please do us a favor. Help us grow the show. Head over to YouTube. Type in Big Blue Banter. You'll see our logo immediately. I know it might sound annoying with me like a soapbox. Me up on my soapbox and a broken record here, but... 
you guys have no idea how much it helps if literally you just go to YouTube, type in Big Blue, Ban Big Blue Banter, and then hit that subscribe button. If you want to watch some videos, like some videos, that will help us too. But the key thing here is just subscribe to these to this YouTube channel and check it out. We have two film reviews up there. We have a couple other de uh, different content ideas. So give us a follow there. Thank you so much. But now let's get back to the show. All right, Nick. So overall impressions from the Giants 2021 schedule. I'll say this. I find the primetime schedule just different, just unexpected, I guess I would say. They have three primetime games, none at home. I can't remember the last time the Giants didn't have a primetime game at home. Like I was racking my brain thinking about all my years as a fan, like even the earliest years when I was barely knew anybody on the roster. I just liked watching every game with my dad. I can't even remember the last time when they had that. So I, I, I have to look back and I'm probably going to do that after the pod because it's interesting. But that's interesting to me. And the other thing is that two of those games, Nick, are against the Super Bowl team. So awesome. They got to play on the road in primetime against the Super Bowl teams next year. But if there's a Super Bowl hangover for the loser, which sometimes happens, watch out Chiefs. It doesn't really feel like the team to bet on a hangover. But especially because I laid plus five, a little bit of money on plus 500, they win the Super Bowl. So I don't know if it's going to happen, but there you go. Yeah, no, I would say that's definitely incredibly interesting. And all of those are away games too, like you said. You got the Buccaneers, that's week 11. You have the Chiefs in week eight. And then in between those two games, you have just the Raiders and a bye week. And I think that's somewhat interesting. But I, what I think is more interesting is the end of this schedule. So after that Buccaneers game, you have week 12 against Philadelphia. And then you have two away games, one home game, and two more away games. And I think those two away games sandwiched with that one home game, which is the Dallas Cowboys, could be vital parts of this schedule, man. Because we all know football is a game of momentum. It's a game of mounting winning streaks. And you're going to be coming off of those two primetime games against Super Bowl uh, attendees last year, a bye week, and you have the Eagles, and I know everyone looks at the Eagles right now, and they just kind of write them off, like, ah, oh, Nick Sirianni's their head coach, like, whatever, but it's still the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's still an interdivisional game where the Giants have struggled against that specific franchise. I know this is a different coaching staff, but when you never know what's going to happen, and you got that to travel to Miami and then to Los Angeles in week 13 and 14. I don't think those are going to be super easy games, Dan. But I do believe they're winnable. And then you get to host Dallas in Week 15. But then you got to go to Philly. Again, Giants don't play too well in Philadelphia. And then to Chicago in Week 17. And then you finish it at home against Washington. But that Chicago, at Chicago, dude, the Windy City, Daniel Jones has not necessarily fared all that well playing in windy games. We remember Week 17 against the Philadelphia Eagles. That was one of that was his worst game of his career in his rookie season. And I would say second now because that Tampa Bay game on Monday Night Football was probably the worst game mm. but I think that's going to be a vital part of the schedule man the Giants are going to need to win some of those games on the road and they have to close out you know what is it uh six of their final games or six four of the six of their final games are on the road and it's also traveling too because you got to go to Miami and then you got to go to Los Angeles I don't believe the week 16 and 17 is all that much traveling you have the Eagles and the Bears but honestly Dan like yeah that sucks and everything like that but I look at this schedule and I feel like it's much easier at least just in the beginning of the season than it was last year i remember last year we were talking around this time of the year like oh that's a brutal schedule you have to play at home against the pittsburgh steelers and then you have to go to chicago and then you get the host san francisco and then you go to los angeles to play the rams and then to dallas and we were like dude they're gonna start off zero and five and they ended up starting off zero and five even though they almost won that dallas game before they got their first win in week six against the washington football team at home so I feel much better about this schedule than I did the 2020 schedule. But at the same time, is that because the Giants are a better team right now? Or is that because the schedule? I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I was going to get into this on the overall positives. But I don't think it's a surprise that you're thinking and seeing the schedule as easier than last year's. Because, quite frankly, it looks easier to me by a wide margin. Mm -hmm. Like This schedule to me looks like they have a decent stretch at the beginning where they can win a good amount of games. They have a middle stretch where I think they can win a lot of games potentially up to four in a row. I don't want to spoil my predictions at the end, but maybe a little spoiler there, uh, Game of Thrones style. Should I drop one on you <laughs> no, right now? No, no, no. Uh, all right, but anyway, yeah, I mean, that's one of my overall takeaways from this. This is an easier schedule. And just a note on that, Mike Clay from ESPN uh, recently just redid his rest of season strength, or start of season strength of schedule for 2021 after seeing the schedule come out. And the Giants rank the 12th easiest schedule, which is not bad. 12th easiest of 32, I'll take that. That's better than it has been, and that's better than it can be, because it can be a lot worse. So 
I think that that's a good sign for them as well. That's one other overall key takeaway I had from just looking at the schedule. But let's go ahead and dive back into this game-by-game breakdown because I think we can run through that, make our predictions, then talk about what we think might be the most important and most underrated game of the season. Dan, who does Mike Clay have as the easiest schedule going into 2021? People are going to go crazy when they hear this. People who don't know how the schedule is made are going to go nuts, but it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champions. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they're playing the NFC East, I'm pretty sure, yes. as well. Yeah, that probably factors into it, but geez, I can already hear people oh, saying, yeah. oh, the Tom Brady's rigging the NFL again <laughs> and all that crap. Dude. Oh, I forgot. I wasn't even thinking of that angle. <laughs> I was just thinking the angle, oh, how did the best team, the Super Bowl champs, have the easiest schedule? No, it's the Brady angle. I like that. Yes, yeah, so you got to go with it. The, but they play the NFC East and the AFC East, and I think the AFC East, I mean, yeah, they have the Jets, but I don't think, you know, the Dolphins are a team to write off Buffalo, and then I would never write the Patriots off either. But speaking of, when when does Tampa Bay play New England? Tampa Bay has New England in week four. That's going to be a fun one. At New England, that's going to be a really fun one. At New England, how will the fans react to Tom Brady? But this is not what this podcast is for. We'll do this another time. Let's dive back into the Giants' schedule. At Washington, on a short week of rest, but so will they have a short week of rest, on Thursday Night Football, week two. Yeah, so... Week two, I mean, one good thing you could say about this, yeah, you have, you're kind of coming out with the bang right now if you're the New York Giants because you have week one against Denver. That's a 425 game, and then you have short rest, like he said, Thursday night football, but then you get 10 days of break before week three against the Atlanta Falcons where they have a first-year head coach in Arthur Smith. You kind of get that bye week, which is pretty cool going into that Atlanta game. You get the host Atlanta, so they get the travel. So I do like that aspect of it, but Washington football team ain't going to be no joke, man. I mean, they add Jamin Davis. That's a really good Darius Leonard type of linebacker. Mm. Very, very long, very rangy, three-down linebacker that can play behind Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat, Chase Young. That line, that four-man defensive line is filthy. It's insane. And when you think about Washington, last year they were playing, what, Cole Holcomb and John Bostic on all three downs, and now Mm. you insert this kid into it. And I think Jamin Davis, he's not a fully polished product right yet, and I believe Saquon Barkley can win that advantage if Saquon Barkley is Saquon Barkley, but that's that's going to be a, a fun player for Washington, and that's going to be a tough game even though, I mean, it's on the road. It's going to be a tough game. I know that the uh, the offense is a little bit of a question mark right now. I believe they made a lot of solid upgrades to their offense with Curtis Samuel bringing in Diami Brown. You still get Antonio Gibson to have Logan Thomas. I think it's a pretty solid situation. Ryan Fitzpatrick is their quarterback. I mean, he's going to be prone to turning the football over. So what does Patrick Graham have to do? Patrick Graham's going to have to bait him. He's going to have to trap cover him. He's going to have to force him to make throws into windows that are going to be really, really tight with defenders who can close onto the catch point and make interceptions. You really need to bait Ryan Fitzpatrick into what made Ryan Fitzpatrick Ryan Fitzpatrick, and that is his ability to make plays, but those were risky plays, and those plays come with the risk of turning the football over. So that's what the Giants are going to have to do to win that football game. Thursday night football, short week. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's played in plenty of short weeks. Daniel Jones, not as many. So Giants are going to have to be ready for that one. So honestly, I think this is a very winnable game for the New York Giants. But I'm going to say it's a loss here. I'm going to say it's a loss here. I think the Giants are going to... Giants pride and the, and the faith in Giants are going to be up after week one. And then Ron Rivera, experienced coaching staff, good well-coached team ends up upsetting the Giants in a very very close game here in week two to bring the Giants to one-on-one yeah and I think you make a lot of great points there I think it won't be an upset though I think the Washington football team will be favored in this game leading into week two even really not depending even what happens in week one just because they're going to be home on short rest on Thursday night and to go over it I mean to go over this matchup like you nailed it the Washington football team defense has that unbelievable front four, and now they have Jimin Davis behind him. And if he's anything like what they think he's going to be, and rumor has it, by the way, Nick, I'm sure you've seen this report, the Giants had Davis and Tony as their top two guys on the board after trading back to 20. So they they liked him too. And add William Jackson to that defense, maybe Landon Collins could give them something. I mean, at this point, you feel bad for Collins because his career really hasn't gone the way he had hoped after the injury. Um, and he's still young. It's crazy. But He's still in that secondary, and William Jackson's a solid add, too. So definitely solid on defense. For me, this game, I think, is going to show that even after getting a guy like Charles Leno, which was a good move for them at the tackle position, I think they did a really good job there. And obviously, you mentioned before some of the you know free agents they signed. Samuel Cosby, I'm not sure if he'll be ready to play. Their second-round pick, we'll see. Diami Brown, I think, can add something pretty early on. But ultimately, I'm going with the Giants in this one to go 2-0, and actually, because I think that it's going to be a little bit of growing pains for Ryan Fitzpatrick in this offensive system, even though it is a great system, and I think they do have potentially top 10 play caller there in Scott Turner. I feel like he's going to be trapped a little bit, maybe baited and trapped by Patrick Graham, just kind of like Alex Smith was last season when he played Patrick Graham. So I'm going with the Giants here, 2-0. Let's move it to Week 3 here. 
And in week three, the Giants will be home against the Atlanta Falcons. And every time I see the Giants home against the Atlanta Falcons, Nick, <laughs> all I can think about is that 24-2 to playoff game where I was with, there with my brother, my dad, my mom, and it was just such an awesome atmosphere in that Giants, in that stadium that day. I mean, the defense was unbelievable. They had two fourth down stops that were unbelievable fourth and short stops. And I remember Hakeem Nix splitting the splitting two defenders in the middle of the field on a basically a short crosser and just housing one and just everyone going nuts. So I was thinking that game, man. It's going to be a lot different though this year. But Matt Ryan will still be there. Matt Ryan will still be there, and they're going to have Kyle Pitts, and everyone's going to be like, oh, Kyle Pitts mm-hmm. against the Giants. Oh, well, you know, it's going to be a fun game. But I think the Giants should win this football game, to be honest. In week two, Atlanta has to go to Tampa Bay. It's going to be a huge game to kind of try to make a statement early in the NFC South. And like I said, the Giants are coming off of that Thursday night football game. Going to have 10 days to prepare for an Arthur Smith coach team, new head coach. I like Arthur Smith, but I do believe the Giants should be able to win this matchup against an Atlanta team that has holes on their defense and along their offensive line so give me the Giants there yeah and I think it's interesting because heading into this game let's say the season goes a little bit different than we predicted and Giants come out and Vic Fangio stuns them on defense and the Washington football team the additions they made they kill them on defense you know that some I'm not gonna name any names but you know that there's gonna be some articles that come out there like is it time to trade Daniel Jones is it time to bench Daniel Jones if that offense starts slow they gave him all this and look what's happening (laughs) what are they doing so I think this one will be a nice game for them to get out of that to break out of that shell i think they'll start a little slow on offense the first two weeks and then bang this atlanta defense is still multiple pieces away they're starting they're implementing a new system which is never that easy to do in week three you don't know that system inside out they're very questionable from a talent standpoint on the defense side of the ball i really think the giants are going to move the ball but on the flip side i do think arthur smith is one of the better play callers in the nfl you add kyle pitts to that offense with matt ryan julio jones probably fully healthy at that point and Calvin Ridley, and Mike Davis now, who I think is very underrated, and they've invested in the line, I see shootout here. But I'm going with Giants 3-0. They win a shootout versus the Falcons here. Dean Pease is their defensive coordinator. I actually wasn't aware of that. Dean Pease, for those of you who don't know, was the defensive coordinator for the 2007 New England Patriots, and he's the one who really pushed for that that blitz on the Plaxico Burris touchdown. where Cover Ellis zero. Hobbs, yeah, cover zero, I think it was, actually. And Ellis Hobbs got caught on Plaxico Burris, and it was nighty-night after that. I'll never forget that play either, man. That was awesome. I, I love them running back. Like, they called cover zero, and he was like, yeah, we got it. We <laughs> got cover zero. Just throw it up the flex. But anyway, back to the schedule. Week four is away at New Orleans in the Superdome, likely full-capacity fans at 1 p.m. It's going to be tough. I mean, anytime you, you're going up against Sean Payton, it's going to be tough. But it's hard for me to even predict this game because I don't even know who the hell they're quarterback is right now is it going to be Jameis Winston is it going to be Taysom Hill and preparing for an offense run by each of those guys is two totally different preparations for Patrick Graham but by that point of the season in week four the Giants should know who that quarterback is even so I I think this game could be could be a tough one down in New Orleans and I'm going to go with the Saints here to bring my record for the New York Giants by week four or after week four I should say at two and two okay so I'm rolling into this one three and oh but for me in the Superdome, with that set of fans, I don't really care who's playing quarterback. They're going to generate offense. It's Sean Payton. And in the red zone, Taysom Hills, it's still really hard to stop because he can run. He can do so many things in the red zone that make him such a weapon there. And overall, that defense is still unbelievable. And their offensive line is still very, very good. So that's a good football team to me. Good coaching, good offensive line, good defense, interesting playmaker at quarterback. So for me, this one will be a Saints win. The Giants will fall to 3-1. But every time I think about, you know, how hard the Giants have had it at that Superdome, I'm always reminded of a game back in 2015 during, like, a weird time in the Giants, like, run with Eli Manning. It was just before, you know, McAdoo became head coach during that two-year span where McAdoo supposedly revived Eli because the stats look better. But they got into that wild shootout. Do you remember that shootout in the Superdome? I remember Fox where was... I was when oh, I watched yeah? it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Where were you? I was at John's house. <laughs> uh, a mutual friend of mine and Dan's. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that was that was a really really exciting. Just absolutely I really shootout. thought when you said that, Nick, you were gonna have like some interesting nope. backstory nope. as to where you were. Like I thought he was gonna come out with like I was on that day, I was doing this and this and this, and then that happened, and then I'm like four crazy events happened. And I was just like yeah, I was at I was at our mutual friend's house. Yeah. <laughs> I 
that's awesome. But yeah, that was the last time there was a shootout there. But again, I'm not sure this one will follow that path, but I do have the Saints coming out on top on this one. What I'll say about this too, that, I mean, again, the Giants can win this game. I'm not saying that they have no chance or anything like that, but if you had to make me pick, I'm just going to go with the Saints because of that coaching staff and because of the Saints pedigree and because of the Saints success in the Superdome. But obviously, they don't have a Drew Brees anymore. But this is interesting. The Saints, before they play the New York Giants there, they have to go to Carolina. It's whatever, inner division, not that far. Then they have to go to New England. And then they have the Giants. And then they have to go to Washington. Then it's their bye week. Then they have to go to Seattle. I know they get a bye week in between, but that's a that's the Giants is their only home game. And then they have four away games sandwiched in between it. Yeah. One's being Seattle, too, which is just a horrendous place to travel to. And now the fans will be back. It's going to be back to what it was. Yes, yes. Giants got a nice sneaky win there with no fans. No one talks about that. (laughs) No quarterback for the Giants, either. Yeah, true. That's that's an even better one. That's a one-up right there. (laughs) Well-earned one-up. So anyway, then week five, we got I got three and one going into week five. Nick's got two and two. And they're away, 425 p.m. start time in in Jerry's world in Dallas. In Eli Manning's world, he's the first one to won there. <laughs> yeah, as he said. yeah, no, I I have the Giants winning this football game. I think it's going to be a lot more offense here. I think that defense is still going to be trying to stabilize with Dan Quinn as their defensive coordinator with all those young pieces they tried adding to it. And I like what they did in the trenches, adding a lot of trench pieces and uh, multiple different players who have different skill sets. But ultimately, I, I'm not a big believer in their secondary. I think adding Micah Parsons is going to be big. I think he can do a lot of different things for their defense. I think these games with the Dallas Cowboys, they can win both of them. The Giants can win both of them. The Giants can lose both of them. They can split. I'm not really entirely sure. But in this game, going to Dallas, I'm going to say the Giants are going to not blow it like they did in 2020 and actually secure a victory here. And I have the Giants right now after week five at three and two. Yeah. I mean, listen. It's always a coin flip, in my opinion, in these games. Like, I, I'm going to pick a side here, but I think this, if I'm being honest with the listeners right now and you, Nick, I'm putting 55% confidence on either side right now, and that's being pretty generous. This game can go either way, and I, th- I believe that's the case for a lot of these. Actually, not as much as usual, but I'm going to say definitely for the Dallas series. And I'm going to go with Dallas in this one for the Giants to drop the 3-2. and two. I think even though last year the Giants did really got out in Dallas and should have won that game until that fumble six by Daniel Jones. Like they were trending toward a pretty like sizable victory. It felt really good for a little while to be a, like it felt really good. And then it was snatched away as it sometimes has been. But for me, the reason I'm going Dallas here is I, I agree with what you say about the defense, but I'm more, I'm more, I guess I would say I'm more concerned with the Dak Prescott versus Giants defense matchup versus uh than the Daniel Jones versus Dallas defense matchup. Okay. I think the slight edge to me is still with Dak because I still think Dak's gonna generate a hell of a lot of offense. I think even though they drafted Aaron Robinson, they still don't really have an answer for CeeDee Lamb in the slot. I don't think many teams will this year. And so I just feel like it's gonna be very tough it's funny to stop that, that offense. It's funny that you brought that up too today. I actually went back to uh, week five and I was watching just CeeDee Lamb catches for whatever reason <laughs> and how he was getting open in the slot. And there were a couple of them where he was able to just stack on top of Darnay Holmes and just be able to jump up and high point the ball mm. over the top of him. Then there were other ones where Darnay Holmes actually was the flat defender and kicked to the flat and then there was just a huge void for Adrian Colbert to come down and absolutely annihilate and take a penalty when he would just kill C.D. Lamb over the middle of the field <laughs> with the helmet-to-helmet contact. But uh, yeah, like you said, man, I think those games, they're, they're up in the air. A lot of these division games are. I think the Giants are a much better team right now than the Eagles, but Washington and Dallas, I don't, I don't think you can say the Giants are much better than either of those teams. At least I don't say that. No, I don't say that either. And even the Eagles are going to be tough. Yes, they're yes. Always, especially if that offensive line gets healthy, it's going to always be tough against the Eagles. But week six, the Giants then host the Los Angeles Rams, who are coming over from L.A. So that's a 1 p.m. game. Some people have talked about the narrative of the West Coast team traveling to the East Coast and playing on one, one at 1 p.m. where their body clocks are all screwed up, obviously coming from the East Pacific Coast. I don't know if I totally buy it. I don't know how much data there is, but I do feel like it's right, right? It feels oh, yeah. like it happens more than not, right? I, no, I definitely feel like there's merit to that. I mean, I, I, I always remember the Carson Palmer Cardinals. Every time they came to the East Coast, they got just insanely beat up. I don't know what it was, but they just got the... <laughs> freaking bricks beat off them I felt like and I do feel like that some teams do kind of struggle early on maybe they'll start finding it by the second half and again I don't know the data on it but it does seem to be something but with the Rams man I mean you got Sean McVay you add Matt Stafford who's a significant upgrade over Jared Goff 
I still don't really know what they're doing from a roster building standpoint with their allocation of money into the receiver position and then draft capital into the receiver position. They drafted Van Jefferson, I think, in the second round last year. And then now they draft Tutu Atwell, like a 145-pound receiver. It's like, what are they going to do, run 10 personnel? I mean, I know they like to run a lot of uh, multiple tight end packages. They don't have Gerald Everett anymore. But I think maybe they're going to try to spread it out a little bit more now that they don't have to rely on the rushing game as much since their quarterback isn't Jared Goff. And I'm a little scared of Matt Stafford, to be honest. And I think their defense losing Brandon Staley, I think that hurts their defense, to be honest. I think their defense also lost guys like Troy Hill and some key contributors that not a lot of people talk about, but they were able to retain Leonard Floyd. And obviously they have the best interior defensive lineman in the league with Aaron Donald and a top three cornerback in Jalen Ramsey. So I am I am still scared of that defense. I'm going to go with the Rams here, and that's going to make the Giants record three and three for me. Yeah, this is going to be a tough one for the Giants. Obviously they played the Rams really well last season, but if you really think back to that all 22 tape, how much of that was because Jared Goff was the quarterback? To me, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a solid amount, but the, the defense was eliminating a lot of windows and not allo- not allowing themselves to get beat deep, which was awesome. Yes. Was forcing check downs. And they were also really excellent in their run fits during that game. It was really just that blown coverage by mm-hmm. Logan Ryan and I think it was Julian Love. It was a miscommunication that broke, uh, led to Cooper Cup breaking through and, and getting that long touchdown pass. But I, I mean, I don't think the Giants are going to lose this game badly or anything. Like, I think this is going to be another really competitive game. But I just have to acknowledge the fact that Matt Stafford is a huge upgrade over Jared Goff. Yeah. And again, at this point of the season, Matt Stafford could be hurt. You know, you, you don't know what's going to happen. But like I said, like we said earlier, like we prefaced with this, a lot of things are subject to change. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, for me, again, that quarterback difference is going to be all the difference to me in this game. So I'm going to go with the Rams in this one. The Giants will drop to three and three. One more thing I did want to say about this game. It could be an interesting spot for... Darnay Holmes because if they are playing 2-2 out at that point I feel like Holmes could be a decent matchup for him at least better than some of the other guys that maybe they have to match up there and again if they're running a lot of 12 which they have in the past and a lot of bigger personnel packages I feel like the Giants are going to shut them down even with Stafford I wouldn't say shut them down but do really well but if they start to then stretch the Giants out and throw the ball more because I I agree with you the key reason they won that or were in that game sorry they didn't win that game the key reason they were, were in that game was because of how well they shut down the run and because McVay stuck with the run, which I don't know if he'll do again because he's going to you know, have a little more film on it. But we'll see. I'm going with the Rams here, 3-3. Three and three. What do you feel about this Carolina Panthers game? Week 7, October 24th, Sam Darnold, is he the starting quarterback? What's going on with the Panthers traveling to MetLife? Yeah, I mean, 1, 1 p.m. game, back-to-back home game for the Giants here. Sam Darnold's return to MetLife, I think, I would guess. I don't know that for sure, but I doubt they're playing the Jets in New York before week seven. I'm pretty sure they are. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they are. I think it's a week, I think it's a week one game. Actually, check that now out. Now I feel like an idiot. Let me, let me check. I, I want to say that, and this is actually amazing by the schedule. Uh, yeah. Actually, no, it's not MetLife, though. It's at right. Carolina. Yes, yes that's I'm a good. win for you. That's, a win. that's a huge win. So it's his first time back to, to MetLife, Sam Darnold. If he's starting, I think he will be starting. Joe Brady, obviously, offensive coordinators had a lot of hype around him. And then Matt Rule, who some people thought the Giants should have hired as a coach. I think ultimately we're all kind of pretty happy they got Joe Judge instead. Mm-hmm. But those narratives are all still there. To me, this one is going to be a win for the Giants. And I think it's going to be a nice win where we feel pretty good in the fourth quarter. They've moved the ball all day. They've cashed in on most of them. This Panthers defense is still a ways away. They do have a couple pass rushers that scare the hell out of me. So I hope the Giants are actually able to run the ball with success, which I think they will be in this game because they're going to need it because you don't want Brian Burns and uh, the kid from Penn State who I'm not playing. You turn Gross Matos. Yes, Gross Matos just pin their ears back and rushing the passer all day because that's not what you want to ask Andrew Thomas and Matt Parrott to do or anyone to do. But yeah, so for me, the Giants are going to move the ball pretty well. They're going to do a pretty good job stopping Sam Darnold just like they did the last time they played the Jets, and their defense is much better than it was during that what 2019 season so i got the giants in this going to four and three yeah and you kind of hit a lot of the main points that i wanted to make there i think uh, they have a good complement of weapons to be honest you know obviously christian mccaffrey is an absolute stud he's going to be hard to corral even for this giants defense then you have dj moore robbie anderson i think those that's a good one-two combo terrace marshall they drafted as well i think that could be a good x receiver and another actually receiver that they can slide into the slot you can kind of do it really whatever you want for terrace marshall just because he's six foot four 210 pounds what have you it doesn't necessarily mean he has to be an on the line of scrimmage boundary outside type of guy he did a lot at lsu but ultimately i think the giants should be able to win this matchup so i'm also giving them a win and upgrading them to four and three 
All right, four and three for Nick, four and three for me now through these first seven games. As we move on to week eight, it's away on Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs, Nick. So start us off here. Where are you going with this one? Yeah, I'm going to go with a loss here. I mean, it's it's unfortunate the Giants two Monday Night Football games are against the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. It's not exactly the best thing, but that's just the way it ends up materializing. And I think this is going to be a loss. It's at Kansas City, which is a terrible place to play for opposing teams. And you have Patrick Mahomes. And uh, how long do you have? How long's your list? How long do you want to wait while I just sit here and name off the Travis Kelseys, the Tyree Kills, the Andy yeah. Reeds, a revamped offensive line, an underrated defense, Steve mm-hmm. Spagnola? Yeah, I, th- this is going to be a tough one for the Giants. I haven't losing this one. Yeah, I mean, you know that they, they have a really strong roster and a really good coach. So a really good coach on both sides of all because Steve Spags is back. I really like the job he's done with this Chiefs defense. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I'm not going to go into too much more. I just feel like you've hit most of it, Nick. And, yeah, the Giants have a solid roster. They could get up for this game. All these things are rolling in 4-3 and three off a nice win, but it's a tough one. So I'm going with the Chiefs, and they're both dropping a 4-4 four and four now for both of us, I should say. And what I will say is the Giants really got up to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday Night Football mm-hmm. in 2020. You know Joe Judge, if he still has this firm beat on the locker room and everybody still respects him, which we all expect to be happening, he's going to have these guys up to play with the entire world watching against against this. What are the Giants? I mean, we don't know what they're going to be at this point, but you got to imagine they're going to be pretty significant underdogs on the road. They're going to get up to play this football game. Mm-hmm. So they could have upset alert written on it, but ultimately, I mean, you got to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, the Bucks were, I believe, 12-point favorites last year against the Giants, and Giants easily covered that game. I would say this, the Bucks weren't at their peak. They were kind of no. stalling at that yeah. point. And I don't know if the Chiefs have a stall button. I think they're just always literally playing peak football. I mean, what did they lose? How many games did they lose last year? before, before They the lost to the Raiders and the Chargers in Week 17 when they played all their backups. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's crazy to say the Giants might not be ready just yet for a team that essentially only lost one game in the, and then the Super Bowl last year on the road on Monday Night Football. <laughs> Probably not, but that's not that's not crazy. No, no, but I will say they did struggle a little bit. There were a couple games in there where they just squeezed it out at the end in the fourth quarter. I think there was one against the Chargers where Justin Herbert almost had him. But Falcons. Yeah, you know, so there were a couple close losses there. Yeah. But it's still, like you said, it's it's the Chiefs. And then we have the Raiders, Dan, right before we head into the bye week. Week 9, Oakland Raiders. What do you, what do you have? Or Oakland, wow, look at that. Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders. What do you got for that, bud? Yeah, Vegas Raiders, who weirdly, I think, on some of the leak, schedule leaks today were like, written out as L-A-R and it makes no sense like yeah it's odd it's an easy LV if you're abbreviating this team it should just be LV if you want to do LVR I guess I'm okay with it but LV is the obvious call here but this is another example of hopefully that narrative streak coming into play with a team from the west coast from Vegas where it's probably hard not to have a good time when you're not playing football if you're on the football team and coming all the way into MetLife Stadium for a 1 p.m. start time. So maybe the Giants benefit from that. I think overall the Giants are a better team than the Raiders right now, who should not be slept on. But I just think overall, when you just compare these rosters, I really like where the Giants one is at compared to the Raiders. I think they're going to have success on offense and a lot of success on defense as well. So I think the Giants will probably win this one by a couple scores, actually. Yeah, I think the Giants can win this football game, upgrade to 5-4 and four heading into the bye, which is something I would sign up for right now, to be honest. I mean, especially with the Chiefs on the schedule, the Rams, Saints, and a couple other really good football teams. But as for the Raiders, it's also a November game. It's November 7th. It might be a little bit cold here in northern New Jersey. That could affect a team like the Las Vegas Raiders, who are obviously based out of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So, And I also, I'm not... like They, they have some questionable investments, I feel like, in the draft over the years, and maybe it will pay off for them. But you're looking at, what, Colton Miller, who developed a lot last year. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Then you're looking at the right tackles, possibly going to be Alex Leatherwood. They they drafted, what, Trevon Morig? They drafted Jonathan Abram, and I think they invested in another safety or something like that. So I'm not necessarily sold on their defense right now. I like Max Crosby, but then Cleveland Farrell, they drafted like the fourth overall pick a few years ago, and he hasn't lived up to it. So I'm not sure if they're going to really, how much pressure they're going to be able to put on Daniel Jones. So that's yeah, something, that's, that's, an, that's another portion of this that I'm looking at. That's so. all fair. I think that's a big factor here. I think honestly, the biggest advantage for the Giants in this game will be offense versus the Raiders evens. And then we go into a week 10 buy. Before we do that, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Like any good team, hiring the right employees for your front office is just as important as recruiting the best players for the game. That's why you need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com BlueWire. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com BlueWire. Indeed.com slash blue wire. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Yeah, week 10 bye for the Giants, and I think this is a picture perfect bye week. This is as good as you can ask for in the new 18 game schedule. I'm very pleased with the week 10 bye. But then they roll into an away game on Monday Night Football again. This one is against the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Little chance for revenge. What do you think about this one, Nick? Well, I'm hoping that in week 10, the Washington football team and that defensive line really get after Tom Brady, give him some bumps and bruises. You don't want him to hurt him, but you know, give him some bumps and bruises. So he's a little bit, you know, more fragile heading into the New York Giant game. And now this is going to be another rough one. I mean, you got to travel to Florida, to Tampa Bay and try to upset the Super Bowl champions. And it's Tom Brady, man. It's Tom Brady. He always finds a way. So I have them losing this game, but I will say, I do like the fact that this is a primetime game. So Daniel Jones can try to actually make a mark and show that he's capable of putting consistent football together. Because I feel like in a lot of primetime games, he just hasn't done that. And I'm not saying that he's he, he's not cut out to be in primetime or anything like that. Mm-hmm. just hasn't necessarily materialized in the way that us Giant fans really want it to. And he gets a whole extra week to prepare for this game. So he gets a bye week and then rolls into another kind of extended week because it's a Monday night football game. So the Giants should be well prepared for this game. But even despite that, I think it's going to be a close loss. But I wouldn't be shocked if this is the upset of the season. Yeah, so for me, this one, Nick, is the turning point for the Giants' season. This is the one where, after this game, there's a lot of talk about how this team made the jump, and it's stuff that both me and you are going to be talking to each other, looking at each other, and being like, we agree, they did make the jump, because I think they're going to win this game. I think we saw last year how close they were to winning that game, this exact matchup. The Buccaneers return basically their exact team. The Giants return a better roster. And if Daniel Jones just makes one of those throws that he missed wide open go routes, mm. wide open touchdowns, he laid up, he, he bricked on three easy touchdowns. And if he just hits one of those, they're going to win that game. Or if he hits that two point version, they have a shot in overtime. And I just think in this one, they'll cash in on those opportunities. And the Giants, for me, win this one against the Buccaneers on, in primetime on Monday Night Football. I can see that going down, Dan. I really can. I mean, that's what I'm, that's what we're all hoping for, right? Coming out of the bye strong, upsetting the Super Bowl champions in front of the entire NFL. And I would love for this to also be, say, the Buccaneers' defense is kind of playing like they were playing down the stretch. And then Daniel Jones drops like, you know, three touchdowns, 300 yards, makes some plays with his legs. Looks reminiscent to the first game we saw him in back, well, the first game that he started. Because we did see him a little bit against Dallas in week one of the 2019 season. And he fumbled the football on like the last play of the game. We don't want to see that, <laughs> Daniel Jones. But what we saw in week three, that's what we want to see. Now, Dan, week 12, playing Philadelphia for the first time this year. How do you feel? Yeah, at home against the Philadelphia Eagles. I feel good going into this one. I feel like the momentum, and some people believe in momentum. Some people don't believe in momentum in sports. Most people would assume, I bet, that that they would think I don't because, um, you know, pro analytics, pro numbers, things like that nature. 
But I do believe in momentum. I really do. I don't know why. I can't really explain it. But I believe they'll take a lot of momentum that they have off of that Bucks win. And even in a short week, they're going to win this game versus Eagles. I think it'll be ugly. I think the Eagles will have a lead early in this game. I think the Giants will come together and be like, we need to win this game. We can win this game. Believe in themselves. And it's going to be one of those kind of Washington football. Remember that week three game against the Washington football team? The scenario in 2007 season when they went on to win the Super Bowl. The scenario will be different. Obviously, they won't be trying to save their season, but they'll be trying to continue to propel their season. So I have them winning this game and going to seven and four. You want to see something, you want to hear something interesting about that week three game, that goal line stand. It was awesome. Aaron Ross yeah. came up with a tackle. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it. If you went just a little bit before that, I think it was Mike Sellers, who was their fullback at the time, like dropped the pass, like right on the goal line. If that doesn't happen, 07 may never happen. The team starts 0-3. It like, won't happen, yeah. Which is insane. To think Literally Mike Sellers dropping a pass <laughs> ended a Tom Brady, Bill Belichick perfect season. <laughs> The butterfly <laughs> effect, awesome. man. I that is the butterfly effect. I think about stuff like that. That's oh, awesome. I, Seller's a hero. He's, he's, a, he's giant a giant hero. hero. Give the guy a Lombardi, <laughs> man. A Give the hero. guy a ring. Yeah, but I also have the Giants winning this game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And like you said, I think I have them losing the Giants to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but I still think it's going to be kind of similar to this Tampa Bay game. Something that the Giants are going to look at themselves and say, hey, we can hang with the big dogs and they're going to go and play that bitter foe with the Philadelphia Eagles to get to host them and I'm not too confident in how good they're going to be this season so I think the Giants can handle the Eagles this year so I had them winning that game as well at the end of November and the good thing about playing the Eagles I think twice later in the years this team is more likely in my mind to be uncompetitive later in the year than they are in the beginning of the year when they still kind of believe in themselves and they might steal a couple games early and have a record that has playoff potential if they're out of it at some point, and it just doesn't work out with Jalen Hurts and the injuries start to pile up like they have for that franchise over the last few seasons, it's better to play them toward the end. So right now, I have the Giants at 7-4. and four. You have them at 6-5. and five, And that is when they go on the road, week 13, to play the Miami Dolphins at a 1 p.m. game, December 5th. Nick, take over. Yeah, man. Miami, I feel like a lot of teams struggle going down to Miami. And I don't know if it's a nightlife thing. If players get down there and they go out. I mean, we saw from the New England Patriots, they always struggled going down to Miami. I don't know why. Maybe it's just the fact that it's really, really humid down yeah. there. That's probably what it is. But I, I had the Giants actually dropping this game. Causing, causing some hesitation in the, the fan base a little bit. And then obviously there's going to be a big game the next week going to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. I just look at my, the Miami Dolphins, I think their defense is built correctly. I think it really is all kind of contingent on Tua Tungabailoa. Can Tua be the quarterback? And I'm not overly confident that he can be. But I think with this defense against the Giants offense, they, they put a high priority on bringing in secondary guys. I mean, they drafted Javon Holland, a talented kid out of Oregon, and they already had a great secondary. They still have Byron Jones. They drafted Noah Igbenogany in the first round last year. And then they had Xavier Howard, who's one of the best one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So I like what they're doing defensively, and I think they're going to want to run the football. I think they're actually doing some Jason Garrett-type stuff where they're going to be really investing in their tight ends because that's what they've been doing. And I feel like they like to run a lot of 12, 13 personnel packages, but now you add Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller to the team, are you going to really want to roll that many packages out there? I think they can also spread the field because they have that. They, I think their offense can be multiple. It's just can their quarterback take advantage of it. I think just going down to Miami, it's one of those games that might – Get the Giants somewhat out of a groove, so I have the Giants losing this game and dropping them to 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, you made a lot of great points there, Nick, and I think you're spot on. I think for me in this game, though, I will say this. I am definitely scared of that Miami defense, like you said, built the right way, adding Jalen Phillips off the edge, adding Javon Holland to the secondary. But I will say this. I have a feeling that this offensive performance is going to look a lot like for Miami. It did Seattle a year ago when Patrick Graham met that offensive system and quarterback. I think Patrick Graham is going to do a really good job against Tua here. Like, I'm saying he's going to shut him down just like he did Russell that game to that exact extent. And so in my mind, the Giants will win ugly again like they did against Denver in that first game of the season. It'll be a little different looking, but it'll be a similar type idea. And I just don't have any confidence that Tua is going to be able to beat this Patrick Graham defense. So I have them going here to 8-4. and four. Now, I don't really have too much confidence that Tua will beat them, but I feel mistakes tend to happen sometimes in football. Fumbles, interceptions. And I'm not saying Daniel Jones is going to go down there and just toss in the ball to Xavier Howard all the time, but it's a good defense, man. And like you said, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but I think Miami squeaks it out. But now we have the Giants going second game of this little road trip that they're on to play the Los Angeles Chargers in Los Angeles. Dan, how do you feel about that one? 
Yeah, 405 start game, which is actually probably a little break for the Giants because they're the team coming over from the East Coast to the West Coast, if you believe in that stuff. And this is going to be an interesting game to me. I feel like this Chargers team I might have been a year away on. Before last season, I bet the over on their win total. I felt very confident about it, and they didn't come anywhere close. But I think that some injuries played a key factor. Bosa wasn't fully healthy in the year. They lost Derwin James. Now they're going to have a different team coming into this season. And I think the health could be on their side in addition to what you're going to get from Justin Herbert in year two. What they've done as a franchise, which is the smart thing, invest in the offensive line, sign Corey Lindsley. They drafted Rashawn Slater. They know what they're doing there. Two years ago, they got Brian Bulaga. So this is a team that gets it there. And Josh Palmer now added to the receiver core. So with the defense getting healthy, with this offense, and the key factor here, no more Anthony Lynn. You don't get that advantage anymore in this game. Normally, when you played the Chargers, you got the advantage of Anthony Lynn, and that meant him making bad decisions at the end of games. They're well documented. You can just look back, and this is not really. I mean, you guess you could debate it, but it's not. I don't find it to be. <laughs> it's pretty set in stone here. So, um, I don't know how good their new coach will be, but obviously, I think he's going to be better than Lynn. He's not going to be a net negative anymore. So, I got the Chargers winning this one against the Giants, and the Giants dropping to eight and five. Yeah, man, Brandon Staley is bringing in Joe Lombardi to coach that offense. That could be a good marriage with Justin Herbert. And I have the Giants winning this football game, to be honest. I'm looking at the Chargers. First off, I think the Giants, you can argue they have a better roster. I mean, Justin Herbert, I would say, is a better quarterback prospect than Daniel Jones is right now. And I like what the Chargers have done, everything you've laid out already with their defense, plus all the healthy guys they're getting back. But they have two away games before this Giants game, they have to go to Denver. It's not that big of a deal, but it is in mile high. You don't know how that can screw with some certain players just because it's difficult to play in higher altitudes. Mm. And then you have the game in Cincinnati, which is another traveling game. And then they get this home game against the Giants. And I think the Giants are going to find a groove here. I think Judson Herbert's excellent, but I still think that Patrick Graham could possibly take advantage of him. Just like you said earlier, Patrick Graham take advantage of Tua. I think you can kind of bait some mistakes. And I actually have the Giants ending up winning this football game to propel them to 7-6. and six. And that's uh, now you're at what's the record that you're at right now, Dan? Eight and five. You're eight and five. I'm at seven and six. And again, every anything can happen here. So many injuries, so much context is not here. But this is a fun exercise. And uh, we're, I'm hoping that both of us have the Giants going to the playoffs. But let's see who, who we got next game, Dan. Time will tell because now we roll into a week 15 game, the nitty gritty of the season at home on, at, on a Sunday at 1 p.m. What other time would you want to have it? For me, this is the best time they can have it. It's Dallas again. What do you got, Nick? Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. Get the broom out, Dan, because we are sweeping the Cowboys according to this little schedule here. Now, the Dallas Cowboys get to come up here. It's December 19th, just before Christmas. It's going to be cold. Dallas is a warm-weather team. I think this could be a smash mouth type of game Saquon Barkley hopefully he is healthy a lot of Saquon Barkley hopefully Jason Garrett can get a big revenge game here more so than just that week 17 win that kind of didn't really amount to much just because the Giants didn't end up getting into the playoffs thank you Doug Peterson but I feel like the Giants can win this football game still take advantage of that defense you know Jason Garrett's going to take this one a little bit more personally and then also just I think the I mean let's look at the Dallas depth chart right I don't want to predict injuries or anything like that, but a lot of these older guys who are on this Dallas offensive line have not made it through a lot of seasons. Could be some injuries to guys like Zach Martin, guys like Tyron Smith, maybe even Ezekiel Elliott. If that happens, the offense is going to be less effective and that offense is going to be potent. But without those pieces, I think the Giants defense with Patrick Graham can probably take advantage of that. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, Nick. And I think like I said earlier, I'm going to stick with it. This is another 55-45 to me. I'm going to give a pick, but I feel like this is a coin flip. I don't. I haven't said that about any other matchup this year. I'll stick with just this one. But to me, this one is the coin flip. I'm going to go with the Cowboys in another coin flip somehow. Just like it can happen with heads or tails in real life. I love the people who are like, oh, it was just red in roulette. I'm going to bet black because black has to come. Red was out. Or the people are like, oh, there's been eight reds in a row. So it's got to be black. Not understanding that it's not the right way to do statistics there. So... Just like that, I'm going to say this coin flip once again goes the wrong way. Dallas is going to win this game for me in this matchup. And I think, again, it's just Dak Prescott here getting the W and being the kind of the guy who rises above in this game. And so at that point, for me, the Giants will now be, what, 8-6? and six? What about you, Nick? 8-6, and six, baby. Different, different outcomes, but we, we're at the same, the same spot right now. Yeah, different paths have led us to the same record through 14 games. And then the Giants will move on to a road contest. At Philadelphia, like I said, the nitty-gritty of the schedule of the season. 
So what you got in this one against the Philadelphia Eagles? I'm hoping at this point Daniel Jones has already had this game. But if there's a game to kind of circle on the map and be like, you need to win this football game and put your team on the on your back to win this division, it has to be this game at Philadelphia in a very hostile place where the weather's probably going to be bad because it's the day after Christmas. And I feel like hopefully this could be a Daniel Jones game against an opponent he theoretically should beat where Daniel Jones really showcases. And I have the Giants winning this game as well. Yeah, we're spot on in this one. I kind of agree with you. I think this will be a good day for Daniel Jones against a beat-up defense that doesn't have the depth, did not find a corner that they needed in the draft. Questionable Question marks for me at the edge position. Question marks for me, honestly, in the interior of their defense, both at the first and second level. Question marks for me all over the secondary, with the exception of Darius Slay. I think by this point in the season, this Eagles defense will look bad. I don't think the offense is going to look very good. I don't have as much faith in Jalen Hurts as other people do. So for me, the Giants kind of roll easy this one. They get up to 9-6 and six after two tough losses that really started to deflate the momentum. And now for both of us, they're 9-6. and six. And it sets up a really interesting matchup at Chicago, <laughs> January 2nd. It's probably going to be a ridiculously windy and horrendous weather type of game. What do you feel about this one, Dan? And this game, this could be a really important one for the wild card, say if Dallas or Washington is really good and the Giants are vying for one of the three wild card spots. And this could be a big one if Chicago is actually as good as some people think they may be. Yeah, they enter week 17 here. And I know when you hear week 17, you're thinking of the old week 17, but this is actually just like last year's week 16. But we'll call it week 17 because that's what it technically is. They're at 9-6 and six, and they're going to be in a really interesting spot here at 9-6. and six. I think, like you said, they'll be in contention for wildcard spots. I actually think they're going to still be in contention for the division. So this will almost be like a playoff game for the Giants. And I would make a strong prediction here that Justin Fields will be on the field at this point. I know I've seen a lot of people talk about him playing in week 12, week 11. I remember reading the exact same talk about Daniel Jones in 2019, and boom, he was starting right away in week three. So I don't think they're going to wait to pull the trigger. Teams have not been waiting very recently to pull the trigger. So they're going to play Fields here, and I actually feel like the Giants are going to win a tough game here. I think this will be another ugly win, just like it was against Denver. I think it's going to be just like it was, but different against the Dolphins. But I think they're going to win all three of these ugly games this year in Chicago. It's going to be a lot for Justin Fields to see a Patrick Graham defense. I think on the flip side of the ball, Barkley's going to make one or two big plays here that can flip this game. I think ultimately the Giants will win this one and go to 10-6. and I love it, but I actually have it the opposite way, sadly. And I don't love the fact that I do, but I do believe playing in Chicago is a tough spot to play, especially from a win standpoint. Daniel Jones hasn't proven that he can do that quite yet in the league. And not just because of that, I also feel like the Bears could be a good team, especially if Justin Fields sees the field, which I expect to happen. I mean, I mean, the Giants ended up benching Eli Manning for Daniel Jones in Week 3. Do you think the Bears are going to be hesitant to bench Andy freaking Dalton for Justin Fields if Fields is ready to play. So I have the Bears actually end up winning this game in a really, really tough, grinded out, low scoring type of affair. Yeah, totally. I can definitely see it play out like that again. This is no guarantee. Any of these ugly games, I think, are gonna can go either way. And that sets up a week 18 game. It's still gonna sound weird to me for a long time. This is into January now. January 9th. I can't January 9th for a for a football game, for a home football game in the regular season. I'm just not used to it, but this is a home game against the Washington football team. Start us off, Nick. What do you think about this game? Important game right here. This could be for the NFC East crown, and I have the Giants winning. I have the Giants winning this game. I have them sweep, well, not sweeping the Washington football team, but I do have them sweeping the Dallas Cowboys, and I do have them sweeping the Eagles as well, which is important, but they remember, they for me, they lost in week two against Washington, but I think this is going to be a game it's gonna be frigid cold and defense needs to rise here i think both defenses are going to show up i think the offenses are going to be really really slow try to run the football try to kind of eat the clock and i think the giants hopefully saquon barkley's healthy hopefully the giants can kind of sustain the rushing attack wear down that pass rush and then kind of pick their spots as to where where and when they want to attack through the air against this washington football team the giants will end up winning this game bringing the record for me to 10 and 7 and earning them the NFC East title. Okay, so you have them winning the division at 10-7. I do. Okay, interesting. So for me in this one, I'm looking at the matchup against the Washington football team again, and I'm thinking Ryan Fitzpatrick 
in this cold, cold MetLife Stadium. It reminds me of a game a few years ago now. I have several years ago in Fitzpatrick's career. Jets were playing week 17, winning in type situation or very close to winning in the playoffs with Fitzpatrick as their quarterback and he looked really bad in the cold. He lo- it looked like the ball wasn't coming out right. Oh, I remember that, yeah. And I don't think years later it's going to be any better. I think it's probably going in the opposite direction. So if he is still the quarterback at this point, I do like the Giants. They had a, a really nice groove on defense. I also think one thing I will say, and I haven't given Jason Garrett the most credit. I know that. I know I've been a little harsh on him. I guess we all have. But I will give him credit where it's due always. I'll give anyone credit where it's due. And I will give him credit for his offensive game plans against the Washington football team both of the games last season because that quick game stuff and the way he designed plays to get yards, I know it didn't lead to that many points, but it did lead to decent chunks of yards and decent decent slings of first downs. They didn't all lead to points because that's the offense last year at least. But again, it was against Chase Young. It was against Montez Sweat. It was against that entire defensive line where they have had an obvious advantage against the Giants' offensive line. And he found a way to somewhat move the ball. So I'm going to give him credit for that. I think that'll be the case in this one. And I have the Giants going 11-6 and six here, winning the NFC East, but they win it in a little bit of a different way. They go into this game, obviously, with their 10-6 and six record. At this same time, the Cowboys go in 9-7, and seven, with a matchup against the lowly by this point, Philadelphia Eagles. I know it's in Philly. I don't care. Going into this game, the Giants know the Cowboys will most likely win this game. I mean, we've already seen the Eagles basically punt a game at the end of the season to improve their draft pick. So I don't, I wouldn't put it past them to do that again. You could even throw that. That's in play. But I think the Giants go into this one knowing Cowboys are going to go 10-7. and seven. So we are 10-6. and six. If we lose this game to go 10-7, and seven, in my scenario, the Cowboys have the tiebreaker. So they win the division because in my scenario, it's a little, it's almost flipped with yours NFC East-wise. I have the Cowboys sweeping the Giants and the Giants sweeping the Washington football team. So going in, they know if they tie for the same record with Dallas, it's over. Dallas wins by the tiebreaker. And they do it anyway. They beat the football team. They go to 11-6 and they win the NFC East. That would be that would be something. I mean, as long as the Giants end up winning the NFC East, do you think? Well, it depends. Do you think the Cowboys would end up sneaking in with the wild card since there's three wild card spots now? It's an interesting question. I mean, it's going to be tough because you have the Saints and they're a lock from that division. We know that, but then you have the NFC West division, which is going to be could be any team, and it could be all those teams. And it could be any, and it could be all. It could be any teams. and all. The NFC North. You look at them, especially with the uncertainty with Aaron Rodgers right now, and you're like. Is that division between the Vikings and the Bears if Rodgers isn't there? Or the Rodgers, can they compete with Jordan Love? I mean, I'm not going to fully rule them out. And you still have the Lions. I mean, I don't believe they're fully uh, – I mean, everybody has an opportunity to win every division, but that would shock a lot of people. Yeah, the Lions aren't going to win that division. (laughs) Yeah. You got Daniel, man. Who knows, bro? Sacrificing kneecaps to the to the football gods or whatever yep. he's doing, bro. He's doing some. He's, he's doing something. He's reporting to some weird gods. He's like, you know, he's like, he's like the guy in Game of Thrones. Which 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 religion is he in Game of Thrones? Uh, he looks like a then. I mean, they eat people. <laughs> <laughs> I call him a then, but I like that. He's kind of like a like a wild thing then. But um, yeah. So obviously, I'm I'm with you on that one. But I do think that NFC's probably ultimately doesn't get a team in on the wild card. That would be my guess. But who knows? I think. I don't think they're going to be as putrid as they yeah, were last no, year. Never. But I think like a 10-7 and seven record can win the division. Agreed. Yeah, I think that's spot on. All right, give me the most important game of the season for you, looking back at the schedule. Which one will decide? Because we both have them going to the playoffs. Which one is that deciding game for you? I think the deciding game for me would be that Week 15 game against Dallas or the Week 18 game against Washington. And it all just depends on what, where those teams are at. I think, as we've kind of alluded to throughout this podcast, that those two teams... They, they could be in contention with the New York Giants, absolutely, whereas the Eagles, maybe not so much. But I think the those two games would be the two games that I circle. If I had to pick one, I'm going to go with the Week 15 game at home against the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. I'm going with that Week 11 game, Monday Night Football at Tampa Bay. I think Love it is it. their most important game, their turning point. All right, how about the most underrated game on the schedule? Which one is going to have sneaky importance to the Giants' season? Sneaky importance to the Giants' season? I might go with this Week 17 game at Chicago, depending on all obviously the records and what the NFC East is doing, and if they are if the Giants are vying for a wild card spot with the Bears, that could be a sneaky game that ends up being really really important. So I'm gonna go with that one. Yeah, I think that's a good call. 
like you said, it's not the old Week 16. It's <laughs> Week 17, I'm sorry. It's the new one, which is basically Week 16. But I'm going to go with the second week of the season. I know it's, I'm going to call this one, I guess, sneaky and sneaky importance because it is sneaky. Now, I don't think no, normally people are like, oh, Week 2 is one of the most important games of the season. But this one, it, it, to me, it is because this is a different one. It's Thursday Night Football, prime time, Week 2 versus two teams that a lot of people expect to be competing for the division in the Washington football team and the Giants. I ultimately, in my prediction, have the Giants and Cowboys one and two atop the division. But as we saw from yours, Nick, you have Giants essentially one in, or Giants and Washington one and two. So most people, I think, are thinking that's how it's going to play out. So Yeah, they certainly could. <laughs> I remember, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but it was a Thursday night football game where the Giants, I think, went down to Washington and like Larry Donnell had like three touchdowns. What if that happens and it's Levine Toilolo instead of Larry Donnell? Oh my God, that would be so unbelievable. <laughs> Levine Toilolo just balling out. Hell, if it's Evan Ingram at this point, I mean, he had a touchdown, his only touchdown pass reception <laughs> last year was against the Washington football team near the red zone, kind of up the slot in the middle of the field. You know what's so funny about that? And it's going to be ironic. If it is Levine Toilolo, who has that random, amazing game, you know I'm going to be pissed when he comes in and I see him in the formation. I'm like, what are you doing putting Levine Toilolo on the field with Kadarius Tony on the bench? What are you thinking, Jason? And then boom, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. It would be absolutely insane. All right, just wanted to give a shout out to all of the loyal listeners. We love you guys and girls. And we also love the people who have left us iTunes reviews. Thank you so much. We promise we will read those reviews and the questions. We're going to save them for a mailbag podcast, which is going to be coming up shortly later this week or maybe this weekend. So for the rest of you, have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much again, and we'll talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.